I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Let's go to Fred White as uh, Fred can give us some insight like nobody else can. And we love visiting with Fred when it comes to uh, Tennessee football, but especially when it comes to the secondary. So let's bring Fred White in here now. Fred White, how are you, sir? I'm doing good, Dave. How are you guys doing today? I'm doing fantastic. So uh, we appreciate uh, Fred each and every Friday. It's a football Friday with Fred. Did that season go by fast for you or slow? It went by fast, actually. Yeah. Seems like it did anyway. No, it it definitely did. All right. So, Fred, this secondary, I think uh, every defensive back on Tennessee's roster at least entered the portal to take a look. Certainly, it seemed like one Mm -hmm. ended up at – Ole Miss, what are your what are your thoughts on just the concept of putting together a new secondary in a calendar year? How how difficult can that be? Well, I, it, it can be difficult, yes, but you do have spring and summer to get ready for the next season. Um, it's just the work you put in. Um, I like to see these guys get in the film room once they get on campus and understand and learn the defense as well as work on technique, whether you have to do that on your own or with your coach or whatever it may be. In order to be able to get – we're in a different era where you are going to be expected to do some things before you get here or on your own. Um, it's not as, as inclusive as it used to be when I played when we had individual drills where we did just footwork and those type of things. I look at it now from a standpoint of when these guys come in – they might have to go do footwork on their own, which I don't necessarily like myself, but I feel like you got to come with certain things now that you didn't have to come with before. Um, and that is just technique. And those things you got to work on and you need to be good at uh, when you get here, because I don't know if we have the time anymore to do those things or they're just not taking it as a coaching, um, you know, when guys get on campus, I, I think, in order to play in the position, technique is, is the number one thing to get you there. It's repetition after repetition after repetition. And we got kids now that we are 
paying to go to school. So now you're most of you're not necessarily a student athlete anymore. You're a student who works as a football player, <laughs> if you ask me. If you had a job on campus, you'd be a student who had a job on campus. Well, you do have a job on campus. You just get a chance to leave campus sometimes to go perform that job. So I think you're professionals now. So now you got to think like a professional and go out and do the things you're supposed to do as a professional. So it is Wesley Walker who's entered the transfer portal. Let me get your thoughts on him as a player um, and, and just what Tennessee uh, could, could lose if Wesley Walker does indeed go elsewhere. Wesley Walker. I mean, we're going to lose something regardless of which players we get. I mean, we're losing something with Tyler Barron. We're losing something with every kid that's going to leave and that has left. McDonald, um, I thought he brought something to the table as well. I don't know what it's going to take to keep guys, but I, I do think the game is changing, and I think we need to change with the times and change with the game. Um, at some point, I think one of these colleges is going to end up having a general manager where they start trying to figure out how to slot guys when it comes to how much money you can make and have a um, a um, – the salary cap or whatever it may be. I just think those things are coming down the pipe. I think all those things are happening sometime soon. Yeah. And I think right now you're depending on an outside collective to do it, which I don't know that they always have what I'm not ripping spy or any other collective. I don't know. They always have your best interest at heart. Their, their jobs to make money, Caleb. Yeah. So Fred, uh, obviously Wesley Walker's in the portal. Now he's, probably not coming back and Jalen McCullough is out of eligibility. So both safeties are gone. Looking at that, I want to, you know, kind of zoning in beyond just on the macro scale of attrition. Were there players in the system last year that you feel like, you know, maybe Jordan Thomas or Christian Harrison that will be ready to step in and fill those voids next year? Or do you think that's still a major question mark with both safeties gone? I think it's still a major question mark. We, we didn't see a lot of those other guys on on the field during football season, so we don't know what they have, you know, in store for us, what they can do for us, what their capabilities are. Um, but I will say, I mean, when you get your opportunity, you you go out and you give it everything you have. And you, that's your opportunity to show and shine what you can and cannot do, you know. Um, are we at a disadvantage at the moment? Yeah, we had we had two starting safeties that are no longer on our football team. I mean, they were starters for a reason. So not having them on, on your on your roster does hurt you some. Um, but I, I look at it from the standpoint of you have to figure out how to keep guys on campus, whether that be through relationships or whether whether it's an NIL situation or whatever it may be. I just feel like at some point. You're not going to be able to pay one guy a lot of money and no and the other guys get nothing. Guys are flipping just for twenty five hundred dollars or ten thousand dollars or whatever it may be. I think it's going to come a time where you got to figure out. We're in the wild, wild west of this part right now. There's going to have to be some some regulations come down the pipe somewhere that that changes these things because if I got more money than you, I can basically get a new roster and six months a full yeah. new roster and then and then i think what hurts and i think this affected tennessee was the eight million dollars reportedly promised to nico I'll, I'll let him pronounce the name fred because it's easier 
than me doing it. Um, Ia Maleava, I, I think there were some players, and this happened to a much larger extent at AM, but I think there were some players on Tennessee's roster that said, you know, I've already kind of proven myself. Why, why does a guy that has just played high school ball get eight million? And I, I don't I don't really blame them whatsoever. I may have my years off a little bit, but it would be much more wise for Tennessee back in your day to have found NIL money to pay you, to pay Dion, to pay Al Wilson, than it would have been to go get a quarterback, Casey Clawson, and pay him $8 million. Uh, I think you got to take care of in-house, and I think that's what NIL is going to develop into, but how quickly can that become an issue in the locker room if a freshman walks in and he's making $8 million and you're maybe making a hundred grand. It changes a lot of things. It's like it's kind of like when the NFL had a situation where guys were getting drafted out of college and were making more than some guys who have been starters in the NFL, you know, at the same position. And then they changed it, they changed the scale on how that works. And you know, now you got the rookie minimum, rookie, the rookie uh, maximum that you can only make. And, you know, you got to prove yourself in order to get those newer, bigger deals and those type of things. But guys were coming out making more money than any guy who played that position and hadn't touched the football field yet. So the NFL made a change in those in those regards to, to kind of even that out some. Um, I can recall not, not saying that Eric Berry didn't deserve every last bit of it, but he came into the NFL as the number one paid safety and he hadn't played it loud in the NFL. That's a good point. You know, so, you know what I mean? And I know a lot of guys had issues with that. That was the last year of those type of contracts because those contracts went away after that. The new CBL agreement was signed, and then they changed how rookies got paid. But um, that's that's one of the things I think, you know, you got to figure out those things. But ultimately, I think it's about relationships and trying to figure out how do you not <laughs> take care of your guys on your team already. Hey, Amen. Amen. And it's funny because I think we all thought the quarterback getting the money as opposed to the left guard not getting the money would be the issue. What it's turned out to be, it's the proven players versus the unproven players. Mm -hmm. That's that's been the rub. We didn't we didn't expect that. Uh, Fred's appearance brought to you in part by Tennessee Cider Company, the original hard cider of the Smoky Mountains. Do me a favor. Go ahead and go online, TN Cider Company. It's right down below. Use the promo code HAT to get some free swag. And there's big things changing at Tennessee Cider Company, and we love being associated with them. Caleb? Yeah, uh, Fred, uh, funny enough, just a quick side when we're talking about this NIL money, Arch Manning hasn't played a down of college football. He's making $2.5 million. Brock Purdy, who is an MVP candidate, isn't even making a million in the NFL right now. <laughs> but why would you leave? That's another reason of not leaving. Why would I leave college if I could make this type of money playing? You know, and I look at it from a different standpoint of. I do understand that. NIL started what two years ago? Yeah, I think uh, Bryce Young was the first with the big contract. He got like a million before he okay. stepped on the field at Alabama. So that was what four years ago. No, that was two. It was 2021 heading into 2021 when he got okay. the deal. Right. All right. I do understand that the kids that are not getting paid are going to get cycled out anyway. Because in the next two years, everyone who's come out of high school is pretty much going to get paid before they go in. 
So I do understand that they're probably forward thinking and saying, okay, well, if you blow up this year, we'll pay you. But we're paying the guys that are already coming in, and most of the guys that are going to come in within the next three years are going to already be the guys that are getting paid anyway. So those guys are going to be getting paid regardless from the time they start. Well, um, yeah, I, I think that you've got to figure out a better way to do this. Eventually, doesn't it have to go through the university, Fred? I mean, I know that sounds insane but it's going to have to go through the university at some point and how this money gets divvied up. You're not going to depend on a third person. I, I mean, I don't think the collective arrangement with the way they have it, not just Spire or Tennessee, but all together, I don't know why you would want a third person in your business. I mean, I don't know about you and me, but. Um, you, you and I do some business together and we don't have a, a third person that's taken 10%. I mean, what's I think it's, I think it's, you can't tell this person who to hire, who to sign with either though. That that's something that's going to change. So if you, if, if you, if it's just university doing it and a guy says, I don't want to be, I don't want to be represented by the university. I want to be represented by my mom. Hmm. You're not going to be able to tell that kid he can't do that legally. You know what I mean? Well, no, that's a fair point too. I mean, I really honestly hadn't, I hadn't thought about that. Uh, that's why we have Fred on. Uh, again, brought to you in part by our friends at Harold Group Security Solutions. They can make your workplace safer. HaroldGRP.com, leadership experience specialization. Call that administrator and say, I want my kids to be safer at school. We're in private schools now. We're going to get public schools or I want my workspace to be safer. They can take care of that as well. Harold Group Security Solutions. Caleb? Fred, uh, when we speak about incoming guys and stuff like that, uh, I, I forgot to mention because I mentioned Harrison and Thomas, uh, but also Jacoby Thomas, who uh, has transferred from MTSU, is at safety, who might be an option for Wesley Walker. But then there's this guy I'm sure you've heard of that we've been talking about for months now, an incoming recruit, Boo Carter, and a mm -hmm. reporter we had from the a reporter we had from the Chattanooga hinted that he may be as ready to step in as a freshman at safety as Eric Berry was in 2007, which is an insane comparison to me, but he said it. And so what are your thoughts of a <laughs> look on Fred's face for those on <laughs> YouTube? I mean, if you're, you're missing a little, if you're on the audio platform, because the look on Fred's face <laughs> as ready as Eric Berry, I'm going to let Caleb finish the question, but along those lines, he has been told by a source mm -hmm. close to him, Fred, that they expect him to be the starting strong safety. You've made that transition from a great athlete to a strong safety. I, I want to follow up on that, but Caleb, you finish. <laughs> How rare is it to be able to step in and start at strong safety as a freshman in the SEC? And how unlikely is this uh, assertion? Uh, you have to be a special player for sure. And I, I'm not doubting that Boo is that. I've seen him play. I think he can give us a lot in that secondary. Um, I think the thing I had the, the challenge with more so than anything was that, like Eric Berry, hey, man, yeah. focus on being the best boot carter you can be. Don't compare yourself to anybody else. No, I don't like when people can do the comparisons. You know that, Dave. No, I, I, hate the, I hate the comparisons. You and John Chavis. Chavis used to look at me like I said something about his mother when I said, who does he remind you of? That He hated I hate that. I hate that. I do, man, because it's like, I mean, maybe like this, but not exactly, because those people are anomalies most of the time. I mean, you're talking about Eric Berry, the guy who, like I said, came out as the highest paid safety in the NFL as in, in the draft, who was up for the Heisman as a safety. Probably would never happen again. You know what no. I mean? Like, so 
He, I'm just I'm just saying like I much rather him just come be the best blue card he can be and and learn what he needs to learn. He's coming in early, so you got a spring and a summer. Now, when I got moved to Strong City, did I think I could start? Absolutely. I never touched the football field and think I could start. But I mean, that job is up to your coaches to figure out whether you're gonna be the guy on the football field or not. But I also don't like telling somebody you're gonna come in and start. I don't yeah. like that. Come well, get your position. Come take somebody's spot. I agree. Now, to be fair, that's coming from Boo Carter's camp. That's not coming from my sources at Tennessee. So mm -hmm. that, that could be him blowing it up a little bit. But let, let's go because this is very interesting. Because for those that don't know, and you think of Fred White as almost a, a smaller, faster linebacker and what he became at Tennessee because he could drop the boom. He could uh, certainly cover people, but he was known for his, uh, his physicality. What you don't know is probably that Fred was one of the greatest the sprinters in his class in the United States of America and had aspirations of running the 100 meters uh, in the Olympics, which were going to be in Atlanta that year. So mm -hmm. here's what people need to understand about Fred. He showed up a lot like Boo Carter. And there were a lot of guys that had similar skill sets at the cornerback position. Correct me if I say any of this wrong. And they went to Fred and they said, this is how selfless that 98 team was, which is why I would encourage you to buy the book, not just because it helps me financially and provides for a greater Christmas, but you can order <laughs> down below. But this is this is what you may not understand. Fred put on, what, 20 pounds and became a strong safety. Fred didn't show up as the guy that he ended up becoming in his freshman year. You redshirted your freshman year, right? I know you had mm -hmm. a tragedy in the family. Mm -hmm. um, as part of that. And, but how difficult was it to, to move to the inside almost in, in the tackle box, put on 20 pounds or tell me how, however many pounds it was, what is Boo Carter facing if he does indeed end up at strong safety? Because, uh, right now he, he certainly isn't that big. He's listed uh, by most places at 5'10, 185. That's about right. That's what I came in as. Is it? Yep. You're about. Are you, am I, I taller I, than you? Well, take that back. Let me say that again. I, height wise, I was taller, of course. Okay. But weight wise, I was the same, 185. Um, I did put on 15 pounds and to move to safety and then put on another five months junior and senior year. So, yeah. Um, I think his move from being a I came from being a corner to being a safety. Honestly, I don't know how I could just tell somebody how to transition. It's got to be a mindset shift too because you're moving positions. I didn't want to move. I didn't want to move to safety. I was a corner. I was a cover corner. That was my thought process. However, you mean to tell me I'm going to get on the field faster this way? Okay. I'm just going to go out here and prove to you that I can play the position. I'm going to go out here and prove to you that I can make it work. That's the whole thought process for me. Okay, you move me to this position. I'm going to go out here and do everything I can to learn the defense and prove to you that I'm the best player on the field. That was my thought process every day. It's a mindset shift. You can't just say, uh, well, this is what's going to make you best. No, you got to go out there and immerse yourself into the position and get the job done. That's it. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. 
Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Fred, um, speaking on a larger, well, speaking on conditioning and things like that, real quickly, we'll get back to this. I just want you to address a rumor real quick because I, I was two weeks years two weeks ago years old when I heard about the rumor of um, the Nebraska teams you were playing that allegedly the strength and conditioning mm. programs had steroids. What do you make of those I'm, rumors? I'm pretty sure that they did. <laughs> I don't know why you even went that way, Caleb, but that was gold. Why do you think that? I'm pretty sure that they did. I had never been manhandled by no man on a football field or any uh, anywhere else otherwise. And there was no way that they were that strong. It's not possible. I just don't <laughs> understand and I don't believe it. I just don't. There have been, I didn't realize how, I'm sure you've heard of the rumors, right? At the, about them from that era. And I mean, we yeah. know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I truly believe it too. I, I'm not the only person that does. But I'm pretty <laughs> sure most of the guys that played on my team felt like that was the case. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. I thought so. Um, sorry, I just had I'm, to get that. I mean, in there. I'm, I'm just being honest. You asked the question, I'm going to give you the honest answer. It's my honest opinion. Were they on steroids? Absolutely. <laughs> more so the 99, but more so the 97 squad than the 99 one. I think the 97 squad, I think those boys had something extra. I don't know what it was that was extra, but it was something. That's, uh, <laughs> it, was, that's it was the Michael Jordan secret stuff from Space Jam. <laughs> and, and, and I'm not trying to take away from the fact that they kicked out, they whooped our butts. Don't get me wrong. But I'm I'm just going off my personal experience. The guy that I went up against on kickoffs and punts and punt returns, man, let me tell you something. I don't know if I I've never in my life been blocked by one person. <laughs> ever. Ever. <laughs> ever. I ain't been blocked by Chad Clifton, who's a who's probably should be a Hall of Famer in the NFL. I I mean, I've won my battles against just about everybody I've went up against. I've lost a few, but I've won a lot. I've won some against those those guys too. Same guys, you know what I mean? And some guys you're talking about are, that are very strong on our own football team. You're not gonna tell me that guy is stronger than him, no. And I watched them do it naturally. You know what I mean? Like Don Walker and Ron and Ron Green and those guys being they to lift 500 pounds, or Jamal Lewis and Al Wilson almost at 500 pounds and stopping them. I know they didn't take any steroids. There's a different type of level of strength, right? And having a person where you couldn't even break the block, like, hold on, man. Let's say something's wrong. Well, you, you, you have. Well, yeah, and and I'll tell you, once one person in a, a locker room starts taking it, it spreads pretty quick. So... It's not surprising to me that a culture of a program might include that. I don't want to point any fingers, but my senior year, the Powell High School Panthers played for a state title when they never had before. And I don't know if it was artificially enhanced, but it probably was. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I mean, mean, we went. the, the, our, our football team at our high school went from like losing six games 
or eight games a year to that suddenly you're playing Brentwood Academy for the state title. I mean, well, and Fred, you bring up what you talk about, like getting manhandled on those blocks and like most of those Nebraska players never played a snap in the NFL. If they were that strong, they would have loaded up the NFL, wouldn't they? Like, I, I would have thought so myself. Did you ever face, <laughs> by the way, Grant Wistrom, his name even sounds like a steroid. Isn't there uh <laughs> what's the steroid that sounds like Wistrom? Uh, do you, do you know, Fred? I can't, I can't, I'm not, I, I, I don't even know. <laughs> I don't. I'm not blaming Wistrom. And, I, and, and, and again, I'm, I'm only going off my personal experience with the person that I went up against on several occasions in that football game. Hey, man, there's no way you're that strong on every play. It's not. <laughs> not naturally. I don't believe it. Mm. I wanted right, to. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead, Caleb. Go ahead. And then I, I got something I want to pass along to Fred. Winstraw. Uh, it's Winstraw. He was Grant Winstraw. That was his name. <laughs> Thank you, Travis. I, I, wanted, I wanted to get back to, um because we were talking <laughs> NIL and stuff, because um on a overall broad scale, I'm sure you've seen Ole Miss is just opened up the checkbook to get everybody they can in the portal to try to build a national title team right now. Um, I'm pretty sure Lane Kiffin's girlfriend is going to get too old and she's going to enter the transfer portal soon and he's going to find a new girlfriend. But <laughs> yeah, no, I, really found one. I mean, she's what? Like, she's like 24. I mean, isn't he Leo DiCaprio at this point? Once she's 25, he's got to find a new one. But <laughs> anyway, she was, she was 25 two years ago. So if it's the same one, she's 27 now because the SEC oh, okay. asked about it. All right. Anyway. Um, so, oh, wow. but <laughs> Brad, is it? Wow. You played on a team that. <laughs> The national title team, I felt like what helped y'all win was how close-knit and bonded y'all were through chemistry, through years of just being in the trenches together. Can college football, can you really build a national title team through the portal in just a one-year renting of a player without without any type of bonding at all that happens? That, that's gonna be, that remains to be seen. I haven't seen the team do it yet. Every team that I've actually seen win the national championship in this era has been a team that's had continuity and their players have, you know, worked together to get to where they're going. You know, Georgia, Alabama, you know, those type of things. I'm looking at it from that standpoint, Ohio State. One of the teams that are always in the, you know, top 10 or top five or whatever it may be, Michigan. Those schools don't have as many big-name wholesales coming in to their school to be a part of something. I kind of liken it to um, the commanders now who used to be the Redskins, when the Redskins would go out and get every major player that they could possibly find, right? Mm-hmm. And it, it still didn't work because you didn't have that locker room camaraderie, that locker room continuity, that locker room chemistry. Those things you got to be able to fix too because if, you get, if you're bringing in these guys because you're paying money to them, imagine the egos in that locker room. Your head might explode just walking in the locker room. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure egos that are in it. And I'll tell you, and those for, are, Fred, I'll tell you for local tie too. I think a lot of those guys turned on Albert Hainsworth before they even met him because yep. of the contract. Because of the contract. Yep. And that, yeah. that, those are those are things that you look at now and you, you got to mesh those guys with the guys you already have on your campus. So you think we have issues at our school. Just imagine the issues they're going to have because they paid all these guys to come in. And then you got this guy that's been on that team and been working his butt off to try to get to that starter position. And he doesn't have one deal how is he going to feel is he still going to be there next year is he's not going to get into the portal right after signing day you don't know what's going to happen with that you know what i mean you are adding people and pieces to your table but here's the thing we're entering into college football free agency which means you got to figure out to find out ways to 
to organize and manage this situation. That's not something that you're going to be able to do just all the time. Something's going to happen somewhere. There's going to be a rule somewhere that comes along that changes some of these things. But as far as the continuity part and the chemistry part of your locker room, you're bringing egos into it. Bigger egos because they left a certain place because their ego was so big they had to leave because they weren't making enough money, right? Yep. Now you put those same egos in your locker room. How do you manage those? Yep. I was told by one person that a guy they got last year had nothing to do with who he liked. I think I've shared this with Caleb. I know I've shared this with our audience, but not you. It was just whoever would give him $100,000 more. Uh, Scott was nice enough to say uh, on the book, uh, celebrate uh, 98, the untold stories behind the Tennessee Vols 1998 National Championship, that it was a great book, great job, Dave, very good read. It wouldn't have happened without Fred White. So wanted to take a second. You can certainly still order the book. We'll try to get it to you by Christmas. That's going to be difficult, but we'll try. We've got a couple of Fred White autographed copies as well. But again, I wanted to say Merry Christmas to you and your family, Fred. I've expressed before that book would have never happened without you. And I mean that. And um, for you to come out of the couple of signings meant a lot as well. And uh, I, I can assure you we will continue uh, working together. And uh, you're more than just uh, uh, somebody we have on the show. You're, you're, you, you mean a lot to me. And I hope nothing but the best for you uh, in this Christmas season and for 2024. And yeah, likewise, man, thank you. I appreciate um, having a platform to be able to speak and you know talk to people and you know, talk about UT football and football in, in general. In general, a lot has been given to me or been afforded to me by playing this game, and I'm appreciative of that. Um, I enjoy the platform. I enjoy being here, and this game of football is is something I love to talk about. I'll talk about it in my sleep sometimes, probably. Um, I don't know that because I don't. And I don't know that. <laughs> I've never heard myself not, in my sleep. Yeah, I don't I'm know that. Sure I do. I've never slept together. <laughs> um, and, and, and the thing is. We absolutely didn't, not, Dave. No, we absolutely not. not. We have not. And we didn't even mention, we didn't even mention the C word, the citrus bowl. That actually is a topic. So we're going to have you on next week, and we're actually going to talk about a football game instead of cash. How about that? There's probably going to be some cash involved in that too, Dave. I'll tell you what, though. Fred, wait. I would love for you, I would love for the players to get it more than those old, rich goofballs that lead bowl committees. Absolutely. Let me say this real quick before I leave. Chip Kelly made it, had an interview recently, and I literally agree with a lot of the points he made. Whereas you may want to just get away, get do away with the conferences, and just put them all in, in as independents when it comes to football, but leave the conferences for other sports. I think that's a pretty good idea in some ways, because otherwise it's going. It's, I think something like this is going to happen at some point. I think the NCAA is going to be done. It's going to be something else. Whatever it is, I want to be a part of it. Let's go ahead and get started. Love it. <laughs>